0: Hey guys, happy new year. This is Angela Hines, the host of In the Meantime with the Season Single podcast. I want to say right now, congratulations. You made it through the holidays. Yes, you did. You made it through baby announcements, engagement, post, and family dinners. And now it's the time that we've all been waiting for. It is the new year. And with every new year comes new and exciting hopes and dreams and plans. So I don't know about you, but I've been working on goal setting. I know that people have their resolutions and they've been working on vision boards. But there's one area of my life that I haven't really taken an opportunity to really consider when it comes to the new year. Being that this is the year 2020, a lot of people are talking about vision casting for the next decade and for the year. But one of the things that has come to mind for me is that I need to check how I view this season of singleness. So in this episode, we're going to talk about How to view singleness from a different lens. Since launching the season single over a year ago, I am always engaged with conversations that have to do with relationships. And I got a lot of questions about what the first podcast of the year was going to focus on. And you know, for a while I thought through a few things and I had my mind set on doing uh, how to find your man, how to get your wife, talk. But I was really challenged by the Lord that we needed a new perspective on this season of singleness. There are people who look at being an older single, who view it as something that is shameful, and it's not something that they're proud of. I really felt like God was saying, it's time to get a new perspective on on the season of singleness that you're in. And that is what I'm here to share with you today. When thinking about how to present the right lens to view our singleness through, I immediately thought about a scene from one of my new favorite movies, released just this past fall. It was the story of Harriet Tubman. This movie starred British actress Cynthia Revo as Harriet Tubman and Janelle Monet as Marie Buchanan a free black woman that befriended Harriet Tubman once she reached a free state. Now, there's a particular scene where Harriet has just returned from her second trip from the South. She had gone back South to get her family after running away from her slave owners and making a hundred mile journey to freedom. She has in her heart that she has to go back. She has to get her family. She has to get the husband that she left behind. And upon her return to the plantation where she was raised, she found that her husband had remarried because he thought she was dead and he and his new wife were expecting a baby. She was devastated and, and rightfully so. But the thing that she could not shake, she was like, God, I know that I heard you Tell me that I needed to go back. Why did you send me back? Why did you send me back? And once she got over the fact that the husband she went to reclaim was no longer hers, she found people who were willing to take that journey back up north, despite the challenges, the conditions, they wanted freedom. So they successfully made it back to the safe house, which Marie ran. Um, And this character basically opened this home. It was like a boarding house. And she opened this home to freed slaves to teach them how to acclimate to being free, how to dress, how to interact with people in a different way. So in this particular scene, Marie and Harriet Tubman are having a conversation. And Marie is asking her, How do you make it? Like, how do you know which ways to go? How do you understand uh, just the navigation, making your way back here a second time? During this conversation, Harriet basically shared with her that she hears the voice of God so clearly that she doesn't question the way that she needs to go. She gets so much clarity and so much direction from God that he makes the path clear for her every time. And you see it in the movie and it is, is amazing. And I love it because the way that she heard from God changed the way that people looked at themselves. Like they were changed because they saw God operating in her. Now that's impactful, but what comes next really was my main takeaway from the entire movie. As Marie is asking these questions about her hearing from God, Harriet is again lamenting the fact that her husband had someone else. Marie makes a statement that's loosely worded this way. She says, when you can hear the voice of God the way you can, why does it even matter to have a man? Y'all, that statement really jolted me. When you can hear the voice of God, why does it matter if you have a man? Why does it matter if you have a woman? Because when you can hear the voice of God so clearly, that's the greatest love. That is the greatest love. And that is what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to get that vision, how to get in that place where the love of God is elevated above all our hearts and our focus are completely centered on Jesus. So the question is, how can we have that elevated view of our singleness the way that Marie Buchanan saw it in the movie? So we'll look at the life of Jesus and the three lenses we can use to view our singleness in a new way. Jesus, as a single, displayed an obedience like no other. Philippians 2 and 8 says that he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And when I think about that obedience, it is all about Christ coming and knowing his purpose, knowing who he was and what he was called to do. In our singleness, we may not always know what our purpose is, but when we walk in obedience, purpose is revealed in God's perfect timing. Moving forth in obedience always brings clarity. This is displayed in the life of Harriet Tubman, where she follows the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit to go back home and to bring others back with her. And she thought it was for her to go and get her husband. She saw that there was more. So let's think about this as we move forward. What areas in your life have you not been obedient to the leading of the Spirit? What things has God called you to do that you have not moved on? What areas are you being willfully disobedient? And then we need to pray and ask God to reveal to us areas that we may not even realize that we're not paying attention to his prompting because we're so distracted. Not only is obedience better than sacrifice, but obedience holds the potential to impact and change the trajectory of generations to come for Christ. The second thing that I see when I look at the life of Jesus as a single is his dependence on God. I love the fact that Jesus rose early in the morning, And he was very intentional about removing all distractions so that he could be one-on-one with the Father. And when I think about our lives, I think about how distracted we can be and all the things that we see and all the things that we hear become the things that are priority and they keep us from being dependent on God because we have so many other things to fall back on. We've got technology. We've got our family. We've got our friends. But Jesus was dependent on his relationship with God. And I love the fact that he did nothing without him. In uh, John 5 19, it says, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. I love that. And all throughout the New Testament, there are references where Jesus went off to pray and Jesus went alone and he went, he made time. He was very, very intentional in being dependent on God. I've learned that to the extent that we are dependent on God, it actually reflects our level of trust in his plan for our lives. And y'all, he is so worthy of our trust. So we've seen Jesus as our great example, as a seasoned single who walked through life in obedience to God, uh, and he walked with a dependent on God, doing only what he saw the father do. But most importantly, Jesus is our great example as a single, as he displays self-denial. And I think the most notable act of self-denial that we see of Christ in the Bible is when he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane, the night before he's crucified. And as he prays, he is the son of God, but he prays to the father, hey, remove this cup from me, if it be your will. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. Self-denial is the denial of one's own interests and needs. It's self-sacrifice. And Christ, it was the greatest sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that in our relationship with one another, we should have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And here we go back again to that obedience. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. As Christ's followers, we see that the word tells us Uh, we should have the mind of Christ. And in taking on the mind of Christ, we're to follow his example of obedience to the will of the Father. So what does that look like for us as seasoned singles? Sometimes it means that we don't pray to get out of a situation. We ask God's will be done and that he give us the grace to endure because we're called to share in the sufferings of Christ. Sometimes that means that we don't get in that relationship Because we know that when we're in relationships, we are not focused on God the way that we need to be. And so we remain single. We remain dateless. We don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend because we desire to keep that right relationship with the Lord. When we're at the point where we can pray God's will as it relates to our relationship status, that's how we know that we are becoming more and more like Christ. And the reality is, it is possible to live this kind of life. I've met singles who are sold out to Christ, who've decided I'm going to go for a season of not dating anyone, not seeking anything else but the Lord, because I want to love him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. And that's where I pray that we all get. Because if we don't get to that place, we don't get to that place of dependency that place of of obedience and self-denial we run the risk of missing out on knowing God at a much deeper level we run the risk of forfeiting knowing the richness and the depths of his love and his mercy for us for something that will only satisfy momentarily And that is not a risk I'm willing to take. And I pray it's not one that you'll take either. When we're intentional to seek God with all our hearts and to obey his word and totally submit our lives to his will, we will start to see ourselves transforming and becoming more like Christ. It takes intentionality and it takes community, but it is possible. I want to challenge you this year to take time to really focus on loving God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your strength, obeying him, depending totally on him and denying yourself. And I cannot wait to see all that God does in your life and all of the lives that you will impact on behalf of the kingdom. So in the meantime... I'm praying Ephesians 3 over you. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit and in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Meantime with the Season Single. I'm your host, Angela Hines, and I want to remind you to rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend or two. That's how you help people find this, that's how you can encourage people with the message that is here. And hey, we've got some great things lined up for 2020. Can't wait to share with you. One of the first things I want you to know is that our discipleship group starts back up on January 27th. We're gonna run for eight weeks and then we're gonna have family dinner, community outreach, and we're gonna have discipleship time. So we'd love for you to join us at the Linksat Little Clubhouse at 6.30 p.m., on monday january 27th one last announcement join me at the beautiful you women's conference january 31st and february 1st in Tahlequah, oklahoma this two-day conference will be a time of refreshing and basking in the wonder of our great god I'm honored to take the stage with a number of amazing women that will be there to encourage you in the Lord. For more information, visit our website at theseasonsingle.com. Thanks again for joining. And in the meantime, make sure that you're viewing singleness through the right lens.